0: Welcome to Food Network Obsessed. This is a podcast where we dish on all things Food Network with your favorite Food Network stars. I'm your host, Jamie Sire, and today we have someone who is both new and old to the Food Network family. He talks about cutting his teeth in the kitchen with his dad and what he has learned both on and off the set about food, flavor and family. He is the prince of Flavortown and you've watched him on shows like Triple D, Triple G and Guy Hawaiian style. It's Hunter Fietti. Hunter, welcome to the podcast. You are affectionately referred to as the Prince of Flavortown. So first things first, how seriously do you take your duty as a successor? I mean,
1: the <laughs> Prince of Flavortown, it was uh, it started as a joke at first, believe uh-huh. it or not. And then it kind of just turned into this thing of my dad's mayor of Flavortown. I'm the Prince of Flavortown. I wouldn't say serious. It's more of a. You play the role, you have fun with it, and it's Flavortown's got its citizens, right? So <laughs> I'm the prince and we're rolling with it, but I find it very funny. It's very fun. It's part of the game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's a good title to have. And let's kind of take it back because you were 10 when your dad won Food Network Star. Do you remember the family's reaction to his victory? I
1: don't think that I was... Capable of understanding what was going on at the time, <laughs> I knew what my life was like beforehand. And then he, like you know, seeing my dad on TV was crazy. But he looked the same to me because he's always just outgoing, crazy guy. But when he won, like I just remember all of my dad's friends and all of our family was just like, "Did this just really happen?" It was pretty big. It was pretty stunning. Even our hometown was like. We made it, you know. Santa Rosa made it. Yeah, it was it was pretty. It was something new for us, for sure. I mean, from there things just changed drastically.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, did you have a feeling that that was about to happen or? Or did that moment of kind of clarity, like wow, this is this is gonna be big, did that come a little bit later?
1: I didn't understand what was happening, why this was such a big deal. I knew he could cook, I knew he was on TV. That was a big deal. I just didn't. I could never see the future. I could never see what was ahead of, of what was going to happen until I got older than I realized. Wow, my father made it. My father is a he's a unicorn over here.
0: <laughs> you were ten, so that's very understandable that you were kind yeah. of just like this is cool. So before he went on the show and became this you know household name, what was your guys's life like? Were were you in the kitchen a lot together?
1: In the kitchen constantly. I, I wasn't allowed to come home from school and not do something. So I had my chores, you know, morning and night, come out from school. And the rule was in the house, though. If, if you're not going to cook, you're going to do the dishes. And I hated doing the dishes. So... <laughs> I, I would hop in there and cook, and he I learned a ton. You know, ever since I was a little kid, he would stop making me breakfast, and he said, if you want to eat breakfast this morning, you're going to make it yourself. You can get up a little earlier, go make your own breakfast. Our household, it was normal family. We would make dinner, hang out, watch movies together, uh, sit by the fire on a, on a rainy day. I mean, that's kind of, we had a normal, a normal life of him in the restaurants, and that was it, you know? And then, uh, and then TV happened, and it was the same. He was just gone a little more.
0: Yeah. So, how old were you when you started joining your dad in the kitchen? As
1: young as I can remember, really. I got to say, like second or third grade. Mm. As soon as I was able to stand on a stool by myself and pretty much get up there and like chop some onions or or just kind of stir the pot with my dad, something like that. That's when I kind of really started to get into it with him. And then I got to say I had to have been fourth grade when I started making maybe, yeah fourth grade when I started making some, like my own breakfast some sometime in that in that range. And ever since then it's just gone up. You know, now he's put me in charge of, hey, watch this, cook this. I'm gonna run over here and talk to my friends or him hey, going to run outside, make this phone call watch this stove, you know, and he kind of started giving more responsibility. And that that was just the start of it. Yeah, it was. I was a little kid. Ever since I could stand on that stool, that's where it started.
0: (laughs) So when you're making your own breakfast at such a young age, what were you making for yourself? It was always like eggs
1: or like maybe some English muffin and butter, like cinnamon and butter toast. The first thing he ever taught me was French toast. And he had me make my own French toast and then put cream cheese and sliced strawberries and make a French toast sandwich. Mm. And that was like my first ever kind of like recipe I could make by myself. And it was delicious and I, I felt proud of myself that's for sure
0: <laughs> what's your favorite thing to cook together now
1: we love we actually we love smoking we love smoking any that brisket ribs chicken wings uh that that's a fun one for us just because who doesn't love smoked food? Mm-hmm. I love we love making pasta together. We make some really good pasta and we do it every year for Christmas as a mm-hmm. tradition. That is one of my favorites. I mean, fresh pasta. You can't beat that.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Do you guys make the same pasta every year or you kind of switch it up every holiday? We switch
1: it up a little bit. We try different things. One of our uh, great friends, Antonio Lavasso she makes, uh, I can't remember the name of the pasta shoot, but she rolls it. And so we have a, we have a simple little pasta machine. We have a hand crank. We, so we try different things here and there. Most thing is for us to try to stay consistent. But after you know, after doing it for seven years plus now, not more, we gotten pretty good at it. You got to see the way we make this pasta, though, because we make the pasta, and we're in our ranch house, and we have nowhere to hang it. Okay. So what do we do? We get we get some cloths. In our dining t- in our dining room chairs, and we hang it across <laughs> the dining room chairs, and that's how we dry our pasta
0: because we
1: had no other rack. It's pretty janky, but it's funny.
0: I love that. You, you gotta you gotta take a picture of that. That's that's what I do with my laundry, yeah. but I'll have to try that with um, yeah, exactly with pasta. So outside of the kitchen, what are some you know activities that the Fieti family likes to do together?
1: We're super big in outdoors. We do a lot of camping. Go to a lake every year for like a month and we just camp, we fish, we ride dirt bikes, wakeboarding, jet skis. My dad's super into big into hiking and even if we're not feeling it on a certain day, He'll make us get up and go hike with him. And when I tell you this guy likes to hike, he will hike up a hill for four miles and just power through it like like he's an animal. We're sitting there dragging along behind him like, please slow down. Can we get a break, please? He's a a power hiker. But no, we love outdoors. And then, you know, football. My brother's a huge basketball fan. huge sports fan. So all we do is watch basketball and football. We love all that. We try to stay busy around here.
0: So in addition to your actual family, you're also part of the Food Network family. So what is mm-hmm. it just meant to you to, to grow up around your dad and all of his, you know, famous friends?
1: People always ask me what it's like to have a famous dad, wow. and I don't ever see him that way. He's just my dad. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, we have, we like to call it the Flavortown crew, <laughs> you know, the Flavortown family, the army. We don't see them as, uh, I never saw them as these famous people because I'd watch them on the shows and I'd seen them. But after getting to know them a couple times, when we started hanging out, we started just kind of like talking like we were all friends we're one big family now. So it's honestly like I call them up, they call me, we text, we'll see them randomly. And it's like, we had just seen each other, you know, the day, the previous day, it could be three months before we see him again. We just saw him. We're right back on the same track of what we were talking about. It's pretty amazing to see that like you can get all these chefs together and we're just one big collective group. And we'd like to have fun and cook we go to the ranch and we do ranch kitchen. All we do is sit there and, talk crap and cook awesome food and have a great time. It is amazing.
0: It definitely comes through on screen as well. Is, is there a person on the network in particular that you really look up to or has kind of impacted your life in a significant way?
1: There's been quite a few. You know, one of them we talk about all the time is Carl Ruiz. That man was a legend. One of the funniest guys, we have him at the ranch Ranch kitchen, and this guy would make you have the night of your life, just telling you stories, making you laugh. I mean, it could be ten o'clock at night, and we have an early shoot in the morning, but you don't want to go to bed because he has so many stories to tell and so many jokes to tell. You know, he was one of those guys that really influences you to just relax and have some fun. Yeah. Uh, so we miss that guy every day.
0: Yeah, we do. Pinkies up, right? <laughs> <Like> always. <laughs> uh, well, when you graduated high school, you and your dad went on a you know once in a lifetime, month long European vacation, seven countries. It was documented on Guy and Hunter's European vacation. Was that your first time abroad?
1: First time abroad? Yeah, uh, I got to tell you the trip of a lifetime. I, I didn't know what before we went, like what exactly I was going to be getting to experience. We Every day we were with each other. So you can imagine how that was like, you know, father and son. But I got to tell you, that was that was one of the most amazing trips of my life. We learned so much. We had to see some of the most amazing places in the world and try some of the most outstanding food that I've Yet to ever try again. The whole experience itself. I mean, milking goats in Greece. Who does that? <laughs> no. Who goes out there and does that? Making making Parmesan cheese in Parma. Just seeing how prosciutto is made. All this, this the experiences we went through. And then my parent, my mom and my brother meet me out in uh, Mallorca after, and we got to make you know paella the real way. It gives me chills just talking about it. I mean, just the experience itself. Life is made right there.
0: When you think about the the meals that you you know you had while while you were on that trip, is there a particular one that really sticks out to you?
1: Something very hard for me, it was we were in Greece and they're very into using, you know, all the animal, which I totally agree with. Mm -hmm. But they did put intestines and liver and all and heart and all this and the stomach all on a spit, you know, and, and wrapped it in the in the intestines and it was hard to look at, but I gotta tell you, you learn to appreciate it when you when you see how it's done, you see how it's made, and you try it. You're like, I this is actually this is actually truly delicious. I mean, it's uh it's hard to think about for me at least because I've never like been a liver fan, but yeah. that was really pretty neat. That was pretty neat to see pasta in Italy, of course, amazing. The paella though in Spain, nobody can do paella like that. There's nobody can. Makes
0: my mouth water just thinking <laughs> about it. Me too. You think about all the places you went. Where's like the first place that you would want to return to? Probably, uh, probably Italy. I didn't,
1: I want to spend more time there. I loved all the places we went to, but Italy for, for me it was, because we got to go see my, my, our extended family from there. Oh, in Cesaro Caliente. Mm-hmm. And that was really neat to see. I would I want to go spend more time with them and learn more about our history of our family. That, that was pretty, that was pretty amazing just to meet them and see and like talk to great, great, you know, aunts and, and grandmas and all this stuff. And it was just super to see the pictures and they had books about the history. And that was amazing to, to learn.
0: When you think about just the, the experience overall and just, you know, traveling to new places and like you said, you know, kind of trying new things that maybe you wouldn't have if, if you hadn't had that experience. How does that impact the way you approach travel now? Just the idea of exploring a culture through their food and again, like trying new things. It
1: impacted me a lot, actually. I didn't understand how and why I felt that way about traveling. And then my dad really kind of opened my eyes to when I traveled more with him to do shows with him. I kind of got the sense of I'm like, oh, where are we going today? Like I wasn't so I'm tired. I kind of want to stay in the hotel. It was more of a let's see what this guy can cook. or Let's see what this guy's history is, because he's the smartest chef. I mean, he's one of the smartest chefs I know, and he's a brilliant guy. Mm -hmm. And he still learns from other chefs every day. So I kind of have this like ambition now, this optimism of let's see what we can learn. Let's see who's offering what kind of service today, who who, who came from nowhere and got to where they are now. I love kind of just exploring and and open to new ideas and new adventures.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of education, you attended the University of Nevada, following in dad's footsteps there as well, studying hospitality, restaurant management. You graduated in 2019. How was that form of education different from what you were able to learn from your dad growing up?
1: It was good education. I learned more academic wise, you know, how to study and how to stay focused I learned, you know, of course, I learned like the subject itself. Uh, did a couple culinary classes, did a couple accounting financial classes, learned cost control. That was all real great, uh, definitely much needed. But I learned a lot, a lot more about like myself, just going to college of how to maintain yourself, how to keep yourself, you know, ahead. And it, I think that college is important in that way. It's not just about the academics; it's about how do you live your life, right? How do you how do you keep yourself focused? Mm-hmm. So that was a big part. I also learned a ton with internships throughout the college because the college makes you take at least one internship to graduate. And I took three. Oh, wow. And just learning how different I took, a, uh, just learning how different restaurants do their thing, and how different cuisines are. You know, I took a fine dining intern internship and I had no idea it was the way it was. I had an idea of what I thought it was. But going in there, I'm like, this is hard. And <laughs> fine dining uh, cuisine is no joke.
0: I mean, I'm sure the pandemic kind of had an impact on the post-grad plans. How were you able to kind of pivot and just kind of continue moving forward in the wake of, obviously, a lot of uncertainty in the food industry?
1: As you can tell, my dad did come up with some great ideas for those those takeaway and delivery shows. Mm -hmm. When I got out of college, though, you know, I came home and kind of the plans I had were, you know, kind of shut down. And my dad goes, we're not just going to sit here and do nothing. (laughs) And so he pushed me to go and, and do some work and, I started doing electrical and working on the ranch, herding goats, you know, working with wood and, and learning just all these things about how to run a ranch. And that's been really neat, actually, just to kind of get my hands dirty and, and learn how to be you know, sustainable for myself. And then doing that and then also doing Triple D Takeout and Triple G Delivery was amazing. I just love that we can help, back, help and give back to the restaurants in need. That was the most important part about that.
0: Yeah, no, that was really cool. What are your plans? Do you want to open a restaurant or do you want to continue on the television path? Both? Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of, There's
1: a lot of things I want to do. We do a lot in this family. My dad's, of course, very busy. Mm-hmm. I definitely want... It's always been a dream of mine to open my own restaurant. My dad's my idol. When he had his restaurant, I'm like, I'm doing that one day. But I'm going to wait, though. You know, I know restaurants are very hard, especially nowadays, to open and to succeed. I want to wait until I get as much knowledge as I can and a good amount of money to, to really put... A lot of effort into this because I wanted to succeed, you know. So I'm going to wait, though. I'm not in a rush to do it. Mm-hmm. But we'll do it at some point in my time of my life. I know that for sure.
0: What would the restaurant be? I
1: don't know. My dad had this restaurant called Texas mm-hmm. And it was a barbecue Asian re- fusion restaurant. So it was sushi and, and all this Asian, like Asian salads and all these creations. And then like sushi. Like you put fries and pulled pork in our sushi roll. <laughs> can you imagine that no so I, i'm not set still on any ideas that i have you know ideas flow through but i don't want it to be uh something plain jane i don't want it to be an, like, something original it'll come to me someday it'll you know ideas are there
0: coming up next we talk about all of your favorite food network shows with hunter tournament of champions guys grocery games triple d and more But obviously, you've kind of alluded to it. You've had a ton of other experiences on the network in addition to the the European vacation. Um, you've got Triple D, Guys Grocery Games, TOC, all of this, you know, really an education in and of itself, I'm sure. What have you learned being on set with all these, uh, you know, talented people?
1: These people are <laughs> truly talented, truly gifted sh- uh, cooks, that's for sure. Especially being on Triple G. It's such a fun show, but it is nerve wracking. What my dad puts these chefs <laughs> through is so cruel, but it's so fun though. And they and they know it, and they love it. Especially the all stars, they come through again and again because they just the environment, and the atmosphere is is really uh, addicting. I guess. Yeah. But I, I've learned a lot too working with them. Because I get more comfortable with the chefs that I've met and know. And then I get more comfortable with the production crew that we work with. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of helped me build myself as a character on TV to be a little more comfortable and open on camera. And not so shy and want, not wanting to talk and all that stuff, you know. <laughs> but it's a it's a blast.
0: Do you remember your first time visiting Dad on set?
1: Well, I remember I was on Guy's Big Bite back when he first started that. And I was tiny. I had long hair. I think I had the voice that sounded like a mouse. I think that... <laughs> Uh, I couldn't. I don't remember what I did. I imagine I was pretty shy, though, because I remember on like Triple D a couple of times, I was a little shy. Even in high school when I was on Triple G, I was a little shy. As, as time's gone on, though, I'm getting more comfortable with the with everyone and myself.
0: Yeah, take some reps. Don't be hard on yourself. What what's has surprised you most about these competition shows?
1: the amount that they are able to focus themselves. I've seen so many chefs, especially on Triple G and TOC, they get in there and they are talented chefs and they get in there and then all all their knowledge just goes out the door because they get so nervous. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing to watch a lot of these chefs like just turn a knob and they get into battle mode. Like if you're watching Tony LaHalasso or Brooke Williamson, like they're super loving and and kind of person. But when you put them in a battle or even Michael McVitaggio, when you get them in competition, it is there's no friend. They're in the wild. It is it is it is doggy dog. It's it's go time. Yeah. It's pretty amazing to see and they're just phenomenal chefs. Yeah. I mean, amazing. To, it's amazing to see. Just, it's, it's like it's like watching sports. It, <laughs> it, is.
0: it is. It is. And they just they don't they know how to to flip a switch. We've had quite a few people on the podcast that have bet on Tournament of Champions and they've pretty much across the board said it is the hardest competition on Food Network. Do you agree? I
1: 100% agree. I, so I was doing the kind of little interviews after, mm-hmm. the, after the competition. I'm sitting there in the back and I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm watching the randomizer and I'm getting all hyped up like, who's going to do this? Who's going to win? and I, you, You're rooting for both sides because they're both your friends and you both want them to win. Everyone in the back is getting nervous. We're all in the back trying not to be loud. And then, you know, back in the production, oh gosh, it's gnarly. But it's so much fun. They, everyone wants to come back. It's it's one of the best shows I've ever watched.
0: Uh, how, how have you learned to kind of keep your cool when interviewing these chefs, you know, coming off the, the big competition stage? I, like I said,
1: I'm friends with most of them. And then even the new ones that come on, I get to meet them beforehand and kind of chat with them. I know that they're super stressed and I know that they know who I am. And I don't want them to get out of their zone because they may have a competition come up after that. Mm-hmm. And so I just talk to them super cool. You know, I get him kind of pumped up, get him excited, make him feel good. I don't want to get too friendly with them, though. I don't want them to drop their drop their guard. OK. You know, and so I kind of just feel like I know this person is tense right now. I'm just going to play it cool with them, keep them focused. And that's that's all I think about, because I don't want them to, to lose because of me. That would be terrible.
0: Would you rather compete or host a competition show?
1: A show like TOC, I'd rather host. OK. <laughs> uh, until I am at that level of a chef like they are, I, I don't know... If I could compete with them. I mean, it's just so nerve wracking. But I think, but something like Triple G, you know, I, I just did a competition with a couple of times, like with my dad around and just kind of cooked on there and helped some, helped some other chefs. And that's really fun. I think I can do that. But I'd rather host a competition show like that I think that would be a little bit more of my style.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't think I would want to be going up against any of those chefs, but but hosting it, I think, would be a lot of fun. And yeah. let's talk about Guys Grocery Games, because, you know, you've brought it up a couple of times. It's such a fun show. I love watching it. Uh, and you guys co-hosted the Triple G delivery during the pandemic. What is your favorite element of that particular show?
1: Knowing the pranks that we're going to play on them <laughs> and then trying to hide, trying to have poker face and not giggle that they're going to hate it uh that's that's some of the funniest stuff because we get to we get to plan the games ahead of time uh, and we get to kind of prank them and we know we want to know how to play it, it depends on who's playing mm-hmm. and then to the reactions <laughs> they know something's going to happen they know it's not going to be good for them but they don't know what's going to happen and so they get all nervous and tense up they're just like come on tell us what it is tell us what it is and Carl had the best reactions. Carl's reactions to the to the games were, it's like it's like he just lost a leg. I mean, he was just oh gosh darn it, you know, <laughs> like just that. That is probably some of the best. But also, too, seeing on the love they they still talk to each other in the, in the games. They'll mm-hmm. be in the middle of a hardcore cook, and they're still yelling across the kitchen, seeing you know checking on each other, seeing how they're doing, uh, maybe even messing with each other. So it's honestly it's one big fun game that. Scares the hell out of you.
0: <laughs> I think that's a, an excellent way to put it. I know you and your entire family recently competed on an episode. D- does your dad get joy out of putting all of you guys to the test as well? Are you kidding me? Does he <laughs> get joy? That, that's his favorite
1: thing to do. I mean, That's, that's his fatherly role. He loves to put us th- through torture. <laughs> Who's the most competitive? Uh, I, all of us. We're very competitive. Yeah. We, we don't, probably my dad, like we, we play family games a lot. And if, if someone's feel, feeling feeling like they're getting cheated out or if someone's losing, there's no friends. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go to bed mad. <laughs> we'll end the game right there and we'll walk away. <laughs> it's done.
0: <laughs> how, how do you think being part of that show has helped you kind of figuring out what you guys are cooking at home on a, on a given night?
1: Honestly, it's uh, given us a lot of ideas. But there's been a couple of times on delivery where we'll be cooking or we'll be giving the, uh, the contestants a game to play. And then my dad's like, all right, Hunter, let's let's hop in on this and see what we can do. And it's kind of funny because sometimes we'll go to the store and we'll just grab random things or even at the house, we'll just kind of throw in whatever we can to kind of make it a little different, make it a little fun, invent the wheel a little bit, you know, reinvent the wheel, I should say. So it gives us some ideas. It gives us a little hope that, hey, you can make it work pretty much with anything, you know, put your mind to it. So
0: do you have a, your own signature dish?
1: When I was a kid, my signature dish was chicken parm. That oh. was like always when we go camping, he put me in lead for that because I could rock a chicken parm.
0: You are cooking now chicken it's... parm on a camping trip? Oh, heck yeah, are you kidding <laughs> me? How does that go?
1: We go camping and ride dirt bikes, and we had this old camp chef stove and we run everything off that. We had like we had the we had the, the fire pit in the back. Okay. And we got your hot water, you got your your hot oil, and you got other you know, foldable tables on the side. We were using like lawn chairs to prep stuff on. I mean, <laughs> you make it work out there. Yeah, absolutely. You know? and, uh, Oh, yeah, we are we we're, were high class camping on that one for sure.
0: Yeah, my camping meals are like some sausages on the grill on the fire, yeah. and maybe some you know baked beans and that kind of thing. So you guys, well, let, me, let me
1: let me clarify for sure. We weren't tent camping. This is camping. Okay, when we come out with the RVs. Okay, you know, come on. And so, and we, we have tents if uh, if we have some extra guests. You know, we're dirt biking out in the in the hills. So we have some RVs and trailers out there. It wasn't, okay. wasn't roughing it.
0: <laughs> I love it though. Chicken parm camping. I'm gonna have to try that. Let's talk uh, the classic. You know. Tra- Triple D. This show is so special, I I think, for a number of reasons, you know, long before Yelp or, or any of these like online reviews, he was highlighting local small businesses in cities and towns, you know, across the country. Has your dad always kind of been drawn to these small hidden gems? A hundred percent. I mean, one, to
1: give these small businesses free advertising on a national level is huge. Mm-hmm. But he, us, he does it for a reason. One, he loves to help out. He's a, he's a huge supporter in communities and first responders and all that. But we always find the small joints, those hidden gems, of the hole in the walls, produce the best food, the mom and pop places, right? Mm-hmm. That's some of the best food you are going to get. Not saying that big chains and, and big restaurants aren't good. It's just a lot of the times that you find a small little joint that everyone kind of bypasses, may have some of the best pizza you'll have ever in your life or in that city. Mm -hmm. So you never know. And that's what I was his idea of these people are spending. He knows how hard the restaurant business is. These people are putting their life savings into opening this restaurant and to keeping this restaurant running. Let's help them out a little bit. And it's worked tremendously.
0: Did you guys go on road trips as as kids? And would you stop into these types of places even back then?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't say like road trips. But when we did travel places, even before Tripoli started, it was he was a chef. He was a food guy. He was always looking for the best food in town. He wasn't going to go to, a you know, a big chain restaurant if he didn't have to. He wanted to go and find, he would ask locals, like, hey, where's, where can I get the best tacos around here, right? Where can I get the best pizza? Where's some bomb hot dogs? Or where's a good, you know, Italian joint? And people would kind of give him ideas and that's, that's what he did. And it worked. I mean, literally, those hole in the walls, best sushi, where can I get it? Who's got the, who's got the freshest stuff. That's
0: where the best food is. Have you ever gotten to take the 67 Red Camaro for uh, a spin?
1: I've driven it a couple times. Okay. Not very far. I drove, it, I drove it. I think there was one time I had to drive it like a good four blocks. One location we were shooting at was next to the next location. So he let me drive it. I drove it for the first time on a military base. I can't remember where we were. I can't remember which military base we were at, but it was for the Air Force. And we were doing a road show there. And we stopped by just to kind of thank the troops and feed them. And he said, I don't know, go get the car out of the trailer. And it was a good like quarter mile away. Oh. So I had to pull it out of the trailer. And I knew how to drive a stick, but I'd never drove in that car. And I may or may not have actually done a burnout okay. the, uh, <laughs> at the Air Force, but hey, we won't say anything about that. <laughs>
0: it's all right. Just having the chance to kind of, you know, experience these these small businesses and knowing that you also want to you know, have your own restaurant someday. How has that shaped your point of view just when it comes to running a business and, and running a restaurant?
1: I really try to focus on how to manage and how to be how to be open minded and how to be a people person. I, I want to be a leader. I see a lot of bad restaurants, I see a lot of businesses that are run, not run properly. I see how I see how my dad looks at him. Mm-hmm. And he's such a great teacher. And that's what I want to be. If I eventually when I run the business and I have my own restaurant, I want to be the one that people look up to and come to, you know, ask for help. And I want to have a good reputation where people say, "Hey, you know, it's a hard business, but this guy keeps his keeps himself level headed." So I try to focus on just all the good qualities that someone can have. When running a business or running, even hosting a show, I want to be able to give back. I want to, I want people to, I want us to be all a family and, and be friends. You know, that's how it is on, on all of the shows that we do. We're all great friends. Everyone is super cool. Everyone's got good food. We all hang out together after the shows. We do like, I think called $5 Friday on Triple G, where we all put in money throughout the week. And then on the last day, we, everyone gets prizes. I mean, like literally like someone get someone got a TV last time. What? Yeah, it's just that's just part of the love that like we want we're going to do this. We're going to be around each other. Let's at least be friends and love each other. That's what it is.
0: That's awesome. And I know you got to kind of explore the magic of Hawaii on Guy Hawaiian style with your entire family. What was that experience like?
1: Amazing. The culture is hands down one of those amazing cultures I've I've got to experience.
0: What's your favorite Hawaiian cultural tradition that you learned about?
1: The use of their, their land. We did a legitimate luau and they use this I blank on the name of the root right now son of a gun. They use a lot from their ground they grow it, they use it uh, they use everything on a pig, the way they smoke the pig on the, the ground, in the banana leaf, everything, you know, the tradition, the prayers, the songs, the dance, everything they do is just super spiritual. When you come into the luau, they give you a, a like a prayer to say, welcome, you know, welcome here. Very loving to the land and to family. That was a pretty good experience.
0: Do you have a, a favorite meal from that trip?
1: Very hard question, but I can say, uh, you know, I do love poke. So I, <laughs> I ate poke every day.
0: <laughs> and I know you and your dad are also certified divers. Have you ever had a, a scary or a close call while while exploring.
1: Not in Hawaii. We got certified a couple years ago when we did Shark Week. We got certified at my house in our pool. Okay. So we did uh, our training there with the with the, the change your vest and take it off and turn around, take your goggles off, did all that the preliminary stuff, and then we flew to the Bahamas for Shark Week, and we had a full day of like to finish our sort of certif- certified diving. So we had to go out in the middle of rough water and go down thirty feet. Change out your BC, turn it around, like switch to your to your uh, you know to your other regulator. Help your friend do a rescue dive. All this stuff in the water, like in the ocean. I'm like, this is scary. And then from there, we go. We start diving with the sharks that same day. <laughs> and so we started off easy, go diving with the Nerf sharks and all this stuff, and the reef sharks. The next day, we go. We're diving in six thousand feet of water with chum buckets around all these sharks. Wow. And we're diving, and this is, I mean, it's 6,000 feet. I am terrified. I always think there's a big old monster going to come up and eat me. We're diving with all these sharks, and all of a sudden, we hear this bang on the side of the boat. And it means you get out of the water. And apparently, a big old tiger shark had come through because he smelled all the chum, I guess. And that's probably the scariest moment I had. It wasn't you know, really harmless. There was a guy in chain nets trying to, like, get it through the way, I guess. But I just got out of the water as fast as I could. <laughs> A big old tiger shark. I'm not getting eaten today.
0: Yeah. Well, just announced you're also going to be a judge on the new show, Guy's Chance of a Lifetime. It premieres in January. So in this show, your dad and his business partner, Robert Earl, Mm -hmm. are looking for the top candidate who they think could run a chicken guy franchise. So each week, competitors are put through a rigorous training gauntlet filled with real restaurant world challenges to see who can uh, fly or fry. Um, In the end, one competitor will win keys to a brand new franchise of their own to run. So what were some of the toughest challenges the competitors face over the course of this competition?
1: They have to go in and and pretty much run a kitchen by themselves. And it's, here's your mission. Here's the ingredients. Here's how the restaurants run. uh, Good luck. And it's just like letting them free. It's like, let... It's like letting a child out in the world and say, all right, go figure it out. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. You know, they have to show that they understand the concept of the restaurant, the concept of Guy and Robert. They understand what we're looking for and, and why we do things a certain way. And they have to understand that. And it'll be, it'll show if they don't.
0: What was the difference in terms of working on a show like this and a show like, you know, Guy's Grocery Games?
1: Guy's Grocery Games, we have games, it's competition, it's high stakes. Not as high stakes as, as Chance of a Lifetime. It's a little more produced. Mm -hmm. This show was... This is real deal, guys. You're going to get a lot of recognition here. You're going to get a massive franchise. Bring your A-game. This is no joke. This is going to be some hard work, like long nights, long days. Very stressful. People are going to be in tears. It's going to be... This was like a reality show, but with nothing pre-produced. I mean, we didn't give them any lines. So everything you see is true and real to their heart right there. It's going to be good.
0: What was it like working on that show and working alongside your dad on that show? You know, like like you said, it's real life. These people are, are really fighting for for something that's going to potentially change their life.
1: Yeah, it's, it's great to see. I really had like... Focus on myself to not say anything to them. They wanted to be their friend, but I didn't want to befriend them because I didn't want any sort of friction or situation going on to where one thinks that they're favorite over the other. Mm. That's the last thing we wanted. But it was really great to see how they were all very serious about it. They all asked a lot of questions. There was a ton of just love and support for each other, which was great to see because they're all fighting for the same thing. But they all know that if you guys are all going to go against each other, then nobody's going to win. That's going to be terrible. That's not going to look good. So it was, you know, it was really nice to see how my dad talks to them and gets them motivated and gets them focused and helps them at least get their stuff together, you know, get their attitude together. He really cared mm. and they they knew it and they they felt safe and they felt comfortable, even though that it's going to be a crazy six weeks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we're looking forward to it. And one of the yeah. challenges on the show is to come up with an original sauce flavor and shake flavor. So what, right. what would your original sauce and shake flavors be. You can go a million different directions with that. I want, I, I want to say like a like a dulce de leche,
1: but like creme brulee style, not with the egg, okay, just with the with the with the with just with the uh, caramelized sugar on top, just something sweet. I like I like caramel a lot, so something sweet like that. Maybe who knows if it's even gonna work like that. You could do like a chocolate cake. That's so original. There's just so many ideas. I, you gotta really sit down and think about it. You gotta think. This got to be crazy, out of the box, out of bounds, Guy Fieri style, right? Yep. And then sauce flavor. You gotta do like wasabi. And peanut sauce Mm. with mayo. I mean, it's got to be something weird, but tastes delicious. I mean, it's got to be something that uh, the average person wouldn't think about. Right. But then when they try it, they're like, oh, Lord, this is delicious. Right.
0: At the end of the day, it's got to be, you know, Guy and Hunter approved.
1: That's right. That's right. And we also had Antonia and Christian. Fun. Oh, great time. Yeah. I and mean, we, we ate more chicken when we were there than I should have. <laughs> I walked out like 10 pounds heavier. They offered me another sandwich the last day that we were there. And I'm like, I can't do it anymore. I
0: go, guys. Uh, well, we are looking forward to seeing that in January. And it's been so much fun chatting with you and hearing all the family stories. Uh, we're going to finish things off with a few rapid fire questions. And then we have one final question for you. So let's do it. Let's do rapid fire. All right. Compete on TOC or Triple G? triple g toc scares me <laughs> same best burger toppings i gotta go mac and cheese that's oh,
1: so bomb okay. mac and cheese and onion rings come on now <laughs> very uh like father like son right of course i, mean, I was raised by him right
0: <laughs> most important meal of the day dinner favorite weekend activity
1: football doing basketball rider uh honestly eating grits on a sunday morning watching sunday football all right so awesome <laughs> but Other than that, you know especially in the summertime Going to the pool, riding the bikes with the family. We're like 10 minutes from the town green. So we just hop on the bikes and go down there and get some lunch, get some drinks. That's awesome.
0: Nice. Person you would most like to have dinner with?
1: Rodney Dangerfield.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> that'd be awesome. That'd be fun.
0: <laughs> that would be a, that'd be a fun time for sure. This
1: guy would have some stories.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Favorite show of your dad's?
1: Triple G. All
0: right. Well, we've talked a lot about how similar you are to your dad. How are you different from your dad?
1: Uh well I don't have blonde hair um <laughs> but no he he's very crazy you know he started this trend with the glass on the back of the head and the and the uh, the bowling shirt and all this stuff <laughs> uh, I you know I grew up I'm not I don't really follow trends a ton you know so I'm a little kind of still outside but he's just nuts I mean he's he's just a crazy very loud spoken out you know outgoing guy um, I'm sometimes a little more reserved quiet focus you know I'm not as uh not as crazy as him but. He's starting to turn me into that kind of crazy. So
0: we'll see what
1: happens in a couple of years. Yeah,
0: we'll, we'll check in in a couple of years. Yeah. Next travel destination. I think Colorado. Do some Triple D on Colorado. Fun. All right. And personal motto.
1: Oh, it's always been and always will be. Go big or go home. That has been literally... Since I was a little kid, go figure, go home. So we're we're going big.
0: All right. We're going to go big on this last question then. We ask everybody this question to end every episode of the podcast. And that is what would be on the menu for your perfect food day? So we want to know what you're having for breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert. There are no rules. So anyone can cook for you. You can cook. Dad can cook. You can time travel. You can, you know, regular travel. However, however you want to put this day together, it is up to you.
1: I'm just letting you know right now this is going to be a hodgepodge.
0: Okay, I love it,
1: and it's going to make no sense with me. Awesome. All right, first off, (laughs) ham and grits with red egg gravy in the morning. Okay, and some bacon. That's delicious. Maybe brunch. I'd probably do uh, buffalo chicken wrap. I love those. Maybe some champagne. Mm. Lunch: jalapeno poppers. I could do some mac and cheese, a burger. I could do. I could do ribs, wings. I love wings. Could do those for sure. Maybe like a watermelon feta mint salad. Ooh, that sounds okay. kind of bomb. Yeah. Let's see. Dinner, clams, raviolis, truffle, anything with truffle on it. Fresh pasta, paella. <laughs> um,
0: All the things you had on the on European the Neapolitan,
1: Neapolitan pizza. Yeah. yeah. I mean, literally, it can never end. It would never end. I could ramble on this for like hours. <laughs> and then dessert. I love tiramisu, creme brulee. Honestly, I'd be cool with just a bowl of fruit. Okay. I love I love dessert Just some fresh strawberries And blackberries And raspberries Love that That is delicious
0: Yeah Nature's maybe a little, dessert
1: maybe, maybe a little shortbread On the side With some whipped cream too That could always Okay
0: work. just for good measure right Yeah you know <laughs> Get a little sweet in there I love it Well it's been so much fun You know kind of watching you Grow up on Food Network And now getting to To chat with you About all of it We're looking forward To all these projects You're talking about And thank you so much For taking the time
1: Well Jamie Thank you for having me This has been a blast
0: So excited to see what's in store for Hunter's future and so endearing to see the close relationship that he has with his dad. You can catch more of Hunter on Guy Hawaiian Styles streaming now on Discovery Plus and premiering on Food Network on Tuesday, December 21st at nine, eight central. And be sure to check out Guy's Chance of a Lifetime premiering on Food Network on Sunday, January 2nd at nine, eight central. Thanks so much for listening and make sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a thing. That's all for now. We'll catch you foodies next Friday.